Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 29th of September 2019. I hope you're all surviving as we go into the winter, especially in the colder areas, as uh, northern Ontario, for instance, and elsewhere in the States as well, because in the last few nights I've been down to about 35 degrees Fahrenheit. Not bad during the day, except for the rain occasionally, which is normal for this time of year here. Yeah, it's, it's cold at night and it's shades of things to come, which I'm not looking forward to uh, this year at all. I think it's going to be pretty bad again. Last year was terrible. It's the longest lasting winter I've ever seen with snow from September right through uh, till right through May, in fact, up here still melting. And then it was clear about June and... Um, and there was no spring to speak of, really. That's how it is now. It was so heavy with snow last year that I've mentioned it to other people, too, that a lot of people lost their, their roofs, collapsed completely with a heavy weight of snow. It seemed to snow almost every day. Uh, and uh, this, it was so cold, there was no settling of the snow after between the falls. It seemed to just pile up and pile up and pile up. It was so cold, and uh, and there was no January thaw, which is a temporary thaw for maybe a week or two weeks, if you're lucky, and it goes back into the winter again, but that tends to bring the snow. Now, it didn't happen. It didn't happen this year, this January. But it was so bad. It was so bad eventually uh, that I was so almost dead, literally, with going up on, on the roof to shovel it off. Every day, I had no time to do any other work, really. It was so much snow at the back of the house, I could actually walk up the snow onto the roof without a ladder. <laughs> so there you go. That's your, that global warming, of course, is uh, in action. Is this, I keep, you know, I really demand, I really demand I get my share of global warming because I'm paying my taxes for it. We're all paying carbon taxes and different things, and they only put a big one, mandatory one out, uh, whether you like it or not, on everything shortly with the next meeting because it's all planned years ago, everything's happening today. And uh, by demand, if we're paying taxes for it, we should get a good service and get good warming where I am, you see. And that's that's a way of it. But right now, too, I don't know. I mentioned it last week, I think, or the week before. Time really is is flying. And I've been thinking, thinking, thinking about it for the last two or three years because other folk have told me the same thing. Time is just flying along. And... It, I tell you, the worst time, of course, is a computer. If you're working on a computer, looking up different uh, articles and stories and what's getting put out there for news, etc. It's uh, it, Time will vanish. I've always known that will happen. But I, I'm pretty certain that uh, since they're always upgrading, upgrading all your computer systems, etc., and even unknowingly to you as you're using the darn things, the Pentagon wrote about that years ago, and I remember putting the article up, that they could, they could affect your mood and your behavior uh, by uh, putting out patterns of pixels which you wouldn't be conscious of, but they would affect, through your eye, literally, different things like heart rate, for instance. Uh, they could be hypnotic, naturally. I think we've all experienced that to an extent with a computer. When you, when, you, when you start daydreaming on the thing and you realize that you, <laughs> how long you've been daydreaming, because whatever you're, you're reading or looking at is boring, you see or repetitive, your mind will wander into it and you'll daydream. But I think it really does. I think with all the Wi-Fi and everything that Mr. Um, Persinger talked about, Professor Persinger, a few years ago, a guy who worked in Sudbury at a university there with the Department on uh, Psychology, a kind of advanced type of psychology. But he also was really into, he used the Corbin helmet, for instance, which can be put on and it'll pulse different uh, frequencies around the brain wearing the helmet. And it's claimed that they can actually give hallucinogenic experiences uh, from it, or in, in the very least relax them, as, as marijuana would do, sort of thing. He also talked in his lectures, and I put those links up years ago, he talked about a field, a field that we're all, we've heard about the field theory, you know, they came up with all these different theories and so on. But you have to always realize that, that there's a way of looking at something 
and in an inner way of looking at something because this this unified idea has more to it than unifies. It's literally to do with unifying society under a form of control because he talked about how, which is probably true to an extent, that, that there's such a thing, there is such a thing as, as intuition. We know that as intuition. We get ideas. We're taught not to trust it anymore, but we should trust our intuition because it's often a warning. At the very least, it's a warning. Sometimes you're wrong, and sometimes you'll say, well, that wasn't too bad, or where it was, and so on. But intuition is awfully important to us. We're taught really to disregard things and listen to experts today. But uh, intuition go into the next phase where you'll start to have um, a form of precognition to an extent. And many experiments have been done now. Uh, and I, I know it's true. I've, I, I've, I've had lots of precognitive things come to me that happen. Uh, pretty well the way that you, that you kind of foresaw it happening. Uh, not, in a, not in a straight vision or anything, but uh, it's like a, an inner mind, inner eye type of mind, yeah. And it can actually happen that way. Now, you can also put that down to the fact, for instance, if you've studied enough, read enough, and lived long enough, you can also put things together But what's going to happen in the world, as an example. Uh, that's a bit different. Uh, that, that's, um, that's fortified by learning. Uh, even though you can't remember things consciously, a lot of them, it'll come to you. If you suddenly hit a certain topic, a lot of ideas will come flying back to you that you'd, you thought you'd it submerged in the great subconscious somewhere. But it can happen to you. A person you're literally was talking about a kind of electrified field, you see. And they have done lots of experiments with it too, even wondering if that's what the idea of the transmission of feelings across the world to relatives, things like that, come from. Uh, you've got an idea someone's going to phone you, even within a continent, and, and it'll happen. Now, if you're thinking they're going to phone you every day and they don't, well, it's just pure chance when they do. But if it suddenly comes upon you, and sure, within five, ten minutes, you get a phone call from, well, and you haven't heard from them, well, that's, that's generally, there's something more to it, obviously. So they've, they've actually worked out to see if it's some form of, of communication that we have naturally, like animals, uh, through electrical forces or patterns or whatever that are somehow transmitted. They've got all kinds of theories on everything, as you well know. And if you're awfully good, you can become a professor of theories, just using theories, <laughs> which are good guesses, eh? Right? And uh, you, you can never be wrong, because even when it's disproven, uh, they come out with another theory which they can then adopt and still be called a professor. But anyway, he thought it was a great idea. This idea of, of a, a, a coming force, basically, as a, like through science. What he said, and I think he was really, I suspect he was really talking about uh, they, they, they call it in the Pentagon artificial or synthetic telepathy. Uh, literally, by studying and studying the brain patterns of, and giving people things to think about and studying them as they think about what you've told them, they get to know over time which parts of the brain uh, are, is in action with the different synapses going back and forth and all the rest of it. And it's a form of language, you see, they think. So if they can accept, they take those patterns and then transmit them out there, you might get the ideas of the person who was actually studied to get those particular patterns from. So you could project ideas into someone's head. That was part of the idea, a synthetic telepathy. And the military is really big into this idea of synthetic telepathy because it, it would do away with bulky equipment for transmission. Because it's actually what it is, isn't it? Transmission technology. And if they could find ways to, again, probably through a chip or something embedded in the right place, it'll pick up on something you projected from a distance, for instance, and it'll be transposed in, or transposed into uh, actual language which you'll understand in some way if it was embedded in the right part of their brain. That's what they hope to do. Well, he thought it'd be a great idea if, you, if this field acted the same way without the, the part stuck in your brain, <laughs> perhaps. But he said eventually you could make people feel what you want them to feel like hunger across the world and how great that would be. Now, do you realize you can't have that kind of thing possible in a free society? In any kind of society, really, unless you want to call it pure zombie tyranny, because 
there's no government in the world wouldn't use this on all their population. And maybe it's already been used, who knows? And I'm sure it's been experimented with these waves, as they call them, they can send out waves. We, we know, for instance, that Brzezinski, Zygmunt Brzezinski, who wrote Between Two Ages and other books too, about the system to come, and he was up there in the, in the, in the CFR and the Trilateral Commission, um, that helps to shape the world and plan the future in a thousand different areas, basically. It's a big organization. They call themselves the establishment, the CFR in the States. They call it, they have a, a, a DVD out, in fact, it was out a few years ago, uh, where they literally boast about it, that they are, they're selected a university to join the club, and they, they become the movers and shakers uh, for the, the society, whether you like it or not, because you understand that the system is working in such a way that elections are a bit of a joke, aren't they? And they have been a joke for a long, long time. We know that Carl Quigley goes into that, of course, about the fact that the, the heads of all parties in Western society and in, in some of the Eastern, like, like Australia too, New Zealand, are all selected in advance um, because they belong to the same organisations. It's a it's CFR and uh, they have the, the Pacific region too. They include, they include Japan and that too. They have members now as well in Australia and New Zealand. And they have the European group and they have the CFR for running Americas and American policy for the world and the Trilateral Commission too because the members are for Trilateral are pulled out of the CFR. But it's all one big club, you see. And they're unaccountable to the public. They, they, they're embedded in all governments and the high levels of bureaucracies and civil service because the civil service is more important. They know what they're doing. <laughs> you might not like what they're doing if you knew, but they know what they're doing and, and they're often employed for life in them, you see. So they know their area of expertise in every department of government far better than any, any placed politician who has to go to these people and get his reading cards for the press conferences because he doesn't know uh, really what field he's, he's talking about or what it really is. So we're living in a system uh, that can be influenced. Now, if you can influence it, again, through the HARP technology, a lot came to the public's awareness through HARP technology and especially the one in Alaska that, that uh, was very prominent. The other countries have it too. And they, they have portable units as well now. And they even have universities with departments with, with their own little towers. And when you use them in unison across the, a nation, they can cause standing waves, just like the, the big heart projects. So you don't even have, have need them all together to create the standing waves and superheating the atmosphere, which also diverts the, the, the jet streams in the air, the current wind currents in the air. And with that, you can superheat it too and divert water away from an area or bring it to an area. Uh, these are declassified, and you, you can dig, dig them up too if you're looking at declassified and the projects on weather manipulation through uh, high-altitude oral research projects, for instance. They have different names for them now, too. It's the same thing. Whenever you too many folk talk about something, they change the names, it's all the same thing. And it's successful. It works. It does work very, very well, in fact. And that's why, with, with today, with the big push, political pushes, for something that's very important to those who control the world, and that's why they've, they've, they've put everything on this big front and it's a front for bringing the world together under the same common rules and laws and values, too, uh, to save the planet idea. They, they used to, you understand that this weather idea is not new, it's old, and they've tried it before with ice ages coming, etc. Just as much, with lots of money poured into it, and big movies came out, and, and the, the front people put, churning out books, too and promoting them across colleges and universities and schools and, and televisions across the world. So fear is a great driver to get folk to, to comply very quickly. That's the idea behind it. The standing wave idea has been used. Now, standing waves also give off frequencies. And you can have carrier waves. Uh, that's how they work, the, the, the standing wave type. Uh, it has a, a carrier wave embedded in it, or it rides on it, basically. And you can manipulate behavior 
with them in a, in a very vast area. Uh, Brzezinski said that, that technotronic warfare techniques, using these technique, techniques, which in the 1970s he was talking about, he says we, we could, and it means they knew it worked, they tried it, right? He says we could manipulate behavior across whole continents with this technology. You can pacify people without giving them tranquilizers. You can, you can soothe the, the mind through hitting the brainwave patterns. And then, then as your brain adapts to the pattern, the frequency, you can actually alter the brain's frequency at, at that particular time and bring in a, a calming effect. Or you could use a, a, an anger effect. Very easy, eh? It, 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 isn't it interesting how it goes along with that old idea, the greatest passions, the, the greatest passions, the most powerful passions that folk can have are love and hate. And they say that anger and hate are, are more powerful than love, you see. But anyway, they had tested this stuff out before on different areas and studied the effects through the police reports. And even agriculture, as, as cattle, for instance, were becoming a bit angered. It takes a lot to anger the cattle, believe you me, uh, like cows. And... Um, and so then they know the behavior, uh, this, these behavior um, alterations, is when these frequencies are used, it really do work. Even domesticated animals biting their, their, their owners and so on, uh, completely out of character. And then by the amount of domestic uh, calls for, for, for flare-ups between couples and, and families and so on, and the children. And so they, they know they, they, what frequencies to use to make that happen, for instance. Now this is... This is not conspiracy stuff. This is disclosed stuff from the, the big sources themselves. So, Persinger, when he said that, that you can make people feel hunger, you know, from people across the world, how would you like it? Uh, do, you, do you think it would stop the... And even then, the audacity to say that... that, that, that and also in fairness, that those who are controlling it, have decided already they have the right to make you feel hunger across the world or be in sympathy with someone and feel real hunger, for instance. Hmm? Is that what you want? Because with that technique, you can make them feel anything you want and, and make them... For instance, if the elite ever, through their population, depopulation agendas, which are behind all this move for the climate change and, and laws to change the way that you live and breed and, and all the rest of it, that's what it really is, folks. It's an old agenda. And they've used different uh, uh, fronts before for it. If they it can do that to you, uh, what, what would happen, uh, for instance, if they decide, if they really decide to, to release mass plagues like Bertrand Russell talked about? It was a pity, he says, we couldn't get real killer diseases like the Black Death every 10 years or so sweeping the planet to, to depopulate the planet. And that, that's a mild one he's talking about compared to what they have now in their biolabs, believe you me. <laughs> Can you imagine how, you, how they could beam out some sort of thing and waft your brain until it's nice and compliant? Oh, you're happy or content or kind of dozy, you know, a bit, a bit euphoric and feeling good. Well, you wouldn't care about that other, other lot getting killed or even near you, for instance, if it was beamed on, on, on you. You understand what I'm saying? You can never underestimate the, 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 where power will go. You, you can never, ever say, oh, they'd never do that. Last week, I, I mentioned a list of things government had already done. There's only a little bit of what, what's you know, acknowledged. Different governments uh, have tested on their own populations. And it's horrific. That's the ones they're admitting to after years of denial. And, and believe you me, um, as I say, the only way they can do things like this is to keep you naive or distracted or terrified. Terrified of things. In the 19th century, if you look at the 19th century in Europe, including Britain at that time, with industrialized societies, people were generally awfully poor. The workers got peanuts. It was a sustainable economy, just sustainable. You might be able to feed yourself. You might be able to to pay the rent in these uh, thrown-up cities, the red brick cities, that, that were uh, crumbled in no time at all. 
and crammed together in rooms, you might just survive. You know, but, but it did, it did in the Malthusian style, kill a lot of people off. It was designed to do that. It was designed to do that. And so they get the work out of you. And as, you, as your life expectancy was diminished, and, and you're paid peanuts, so they're big profits, and they had lots more to, to come from the population, as long as they kept breeding when they were young. Malthus went through this whole technique of, of the power of, of, um, of breeding as a natural power that's there. To, otherwise, you'd all, you'd, you wouldn't be around in the first place. And young people have it really, really, really strongly. And he, and he saw no reason why it would diminish. Although he did go into ways to alter the outcome of them getting together, to put it that way, and, and what would happen. So what you're seeing in the 20th century is really something that came from much earlier, from Thomas Malthus and characters like him. It was was incorporated in Darwinism. And ever since then, those who say that they own the world, and they do, you know, teach it in that way in academia, they they, they literally have... You think class distinction is dead and gone? Who who are you kidding? (laughs) What delusion are you living in? Uh, but yeah, they, they they literally are very very open about it, and when you read these little articles that you think are there just for, for humor and and comment, just to get a click here, a click there, clickbait sort of thing, on well, it's not unusual for people to eat humans, you know, as they bring up different professors to push the little ideas. The same professors, by the way, that they generally pushed out there. To, to bring in euthanasia some years ago. Now that's here, huh? You, you, you know, you start asking questions. When these things are actually getting talked about, about uh, that what they're getting through to you is the, is the idea, and what they're trying to get through to you, is to accept responsibility that there's too many of you. You, you see, not them, but you. And that they're already training the, the youngsters. It's really bad to have children. Look, look, look at the, the resources they'll use in their lifetime from birth to death. My goodness, what's, what a burden on the planet. Eh? Well, the countries they've been aiming all this at, it's, it's in it, isn't it? Don't you think it's a bit odd? Hmm? Don't you think it's a bit odd that the nations are, are, were called, I would say were called the first world nations for a long time because they, they were the, the, the dominant uh, economies and they had work for the people at that time. And they were high in literature, etc., and maybe education too, reluctantly, of course, because they don't like giving education to people. And I've, I've given talks on how it gradually was, was incorporated into the factories, basic education, so they could read basic instructions and so on. And then education took off, and there were they had meetings about that in Britain and elsewhere. What will happen if the people are educated? It could cause trouble. They, they'd know things, right? <laughs> that could be, that's bad for power mongers. And so they, they, they gave you curriculums that would keep you preoccupied uh, on a different a track than your mind might bring you to or lead you to, left alone, if you had access, say back in the 50s or 60s or whatever, or before that, if you had access at school, especially junior school, in Britain they call it primary school, if you had access to... Uh, really good critiques of the systems in which you lived in those schools. I mean, who knows where you might have gone with it all. What's interesting is, is how you look back at it and how limited it was in school. Because the system that your tax money pays for to indoctrinate the next crop of youngsters is all about control and have a unified conformity is, is what school gives you. It's a conform. In fact, if you conform on your social credit systems, you get good plus marks, you see. You're a good conformist. China uses it incredibly well. And there's nothing that China's doing that I've noticed that's not been implemented here, too, at the same time. They're maybe a little more advanced through the testing of it, maybe. Uh, but we're getting the same thing here. In China, it's all done but through the state. And here, they pretend it's just private corporations will give you punitive slaps on the wrist or, or literally take you off the net or whatever. They're trying to say that they're just their own ideas of it, but really what's really behind it, you're looking at a uniform a conformity idea set for the future of a globalist-type agenda, a global society. And they, they look at what happened this week with their global citizen concert. They tried to really push that big, get folk interested in it. I don't think they really took off that well. But they've tried that, and at the United Nations, 
through its model of the United Nations, Mun, they call it, you look that up, you'll see the, the, the big ideas have got. They've got top universities all working with them for, for a coming global um, system, basically. They're talking really about governance. They don't want to say government in case folk still object to it, but they call it governance. And you have the CFR working at it too, through different universities in Canada and the States and elsewhere. It, this, is, this has been the agenda since before you were born, really, and you didn't know it. And there are reasons why they didn't want you to know it back then, but um, today the, most folk don't really care so much. We're really dumbed down big time through different, for, by different re- methods, let's put it that way, <laughs> but also, I think, through the Internet too. As I say, they try to take you, divert you off into a thousand different areas if you're doing a search on something into irrelevant or what areas that they that might very vaguely be associated with what you're looking for, but it's what some organisation is trying to divert you into. Obvious, it's rather obvious to me, and it's got nothing to do really with where you want to go with it. But someone does want you to go in a certain direction with, it. of course, it is with the search engines and so on. But it's like getting back to the book idea too. The old libraries in Britain at least did have good collections of books, and they kept them for a long time, many, many years of non-fiction books and reference books. Some some libraries were just reference libraries, in fact. That's how they labelled themselves, at least, although they may have some fictions and so on. But they've all gone pretty well. And the format now is all internet, and with internet, I've even watched it with some of the, the organisations that put out e-books for big agencies, and now they're diminishing, and a lot of the books have just gone, even on e-books. I knew that would happen too, because for control purposes, you're not going to be given more freedoms in this society, in this world. It's the time now for conformity and the standardization of culture across the whole world, using the British model that they talked about a long time ago, and the language is a business language that all countries will use, which they're a lot more pretty well doing now. And then you bring in a, a culture on top, which isn't British. It's for the whole planet. It's for control and for, for as I say, conformity. Unfortunately, it's all around you now. They've built a prison. They've guided you in to a system an electronic uh, system, until eventually they give you no choice at all but to be on it. When they force you off, even even plain cash, for instance, for using for money, uh, which they've they've said, and there are there's plenty of articles out there from the top banks talking about it, and uh, and the central banking system wanting to do away with any cash society or cash in society. And they always have the usual excuses. Well, they stop crimes. They stop oh, nonsense, nonsense. You know, criminals will always find ways around things. It's to control everything, you see, and to have a total observation over everybody in a conformist society. And once they force you all into it, like the credit system, it's to manage. You, you literally, you're going to be, you're going to have to conform to everything. And, and unseen people will, will decide uh, through their algorithms if you've done a bad thing or said a bad thing or whatever bad it happens to be at the time. And it, they might change it into the opposite the next day. You, know, you have no idea what they're going to do. But uh, if you look at the different ones from, from China and the studies on China, you'll see that you can't even get into a library, a public library, or onto a bus, for instance. And that could be for the rest of your life. Do you understand? This, this, this is be, this is beyond. There's no democracy here. There's no jury anywhere. There's, there's no one's going to stand up or represent you and 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 portray your rights or explain your rights to some sort of judge or jury. This is an automated system, and it's here, folks. It is here. I hope you understand that. And there's no guessing about where it's supposed to go and what you're supposed to think and how you're supposed to behave, and what you're supposed to worry about, or climate, or sustainability. You see, the Malthusian projects here convinced the problem, and they've decided you're all the problem in a post-industrial society, and now you're consuming their, you know, resources. <laughs> I mean, heavens, the ones at the top, who, who plan out, they, they have big families, you know. It's, oh, well, we can afford it. You, you lot can't, you see. I've got books from 1920s on the same topic here, where ministers, 
Protestant ministers and, and Catholic priests were discussing the big push then, after World, right after World War I, when, when, the, when they called the flower of mankind was slaughtered on battlefields. They were talking about the, these very, very things. Oh, there'd the, the, be a big population boom, you know. Uh, that always follows, they say, uh, these massive wars. This is what, they, to them, it's all patterns, you see. But how come the ones, and they mentioned even the Churchill family, because uh, one of the Churchills, maybe it was the old Daddy Churchill, or one of them had come out before on a certain committee talking about, oh, the, 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 the ordinary people have got to limit themselves to children, so many children and so on, and they're getting a big push for it. And they had academia coming out and putting the articles in the papers, because you'll, you'll follow those who are called professors. They pay them, they say these things in the newspapers. So that you'll follow that these guidelines for for the real dominant minority that own it all, and that's what you've got. You, 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 the same things today as you had back then, and it, it, the books are of interest because they go through the folk on the boards of these uh, they wanted you to depopulate, and went through the different family names and and went through how many children their particular families had and so on. Just incredible, really, and they're telling you to that you shouldn't have any. It wasn't just sterilization of what they called the weak or weak-minded at that time, etc. No, no, they wanted it to be put across the board and to alter the population according to, to, to industry, what, what industry needed. Well, that hasn't gone away, folks. That has gone. Now we are post-industrial, as they say, a planned society, because they knew they'd bring it into a global society back in the early 1900s, the ones who, who worked at the, the Milner Group and so on. Because they, they had these big projections in their own writings about what will happen when they eventually rule the world and have conquered all the world and brought them all under one system and so on. Well, what will the next step be? Well, it wasn't to make everybody prosperous. It was then to tackle sustainability, you know, Darwinism and, and the Malthusian ideas, and it hadn't, hadn't died away suddenly, you know, they were prominent. And they've never given up these same goals. And Malthus, too, uh, talks about, oh, well, you know, there's a peak you'll reach with the problem that the folk aren't dying off. See, there's two ways to look at what you're, what you're reading. <laughs> the problem that folk aren't dying off and so on is because, they, because they're getting around through using manure, etc., and, and fields for growing crops and so, to make them grow much better and, and revitalize the soil, etc. So in his way, he says everything, Malthus says everything except, unfortunately, they're eating well, you know. Whereas they wouldn't be if it didn't have science coming in, this basic science and common sense. So where you are today, after all the fears that they, they gave society back then, that's how they kept the workers, the peasant workers, working for peanuts and starvation wages in the, in the 19th century into the 20th century, was the fear of unemployment and death through starvation. Because they didn't have the welfare systems then, etc., so they changed it from that eventually to, oh, the threat of war. And that you're all going to get slaughtered if you don't fight for us and defend us, and defend the country. All of the countries do, did that same con, you see. So after World War I, they went to, to work. Uh, oh, there's still going to be too many people, etc. And that was all the way up into World War II. And in the last year of World War II, they had a meeting in Britain, like the kings uh, supposedly preside over it of different councils on, on the coming problem and, and how they could, you know, bring in a system to, for depopulation. There'd be too many people again. And, and from then on, everybody who was born after World War II was called a baby boomer, you know, like they never had babies before, right? Just like, oh, there'd be too many old people, you know, and they'll need medical treatment. Like we never had aged folk before, eh? Well, quite a joke. I mean, every day, Folk are getting born, and every day folk are dying. It's always, it's always, you don't suddenly have it all happening at once. Well, that's almost like the impression they gave you back. It all happened at once somehow. <laughs> so the, the whole point is, the people in the European countries, including Britain, although they're not part of Europe, you know, they're part of the Union, but they, back then they certainly weren't, were not having stacks of children. They were, they were good citizens, believe you me. They, 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 they followed the, the, the idea of having only two children at the most, maybe only one. If you only have one child per couple, you're starting to depopulate right away. If you're having two children, then the population is going to be stable. Well, most of them are having two or, or one. And then come the 60s and 70s, they're having even less and fewer, right? 
but but they never stopped the hammering. There's too many people, too many people, too many to suit their economy because they're only planned to, to go into a, a post-industrial society by farming off the all the industries in other countries in the third world for bigger, bigger profits. See. So there's never stopped. And then after that, they gave you a cold war to terrify you. So it's just fear, terror, fear, terror, unemployment, starvation, wars, and you keep them safe by fighting for it, you know, fighting for the country. Uh, and then come back being told there's too many of you and we'd rather you not have children. Right into a cold war and inflation and massive taxation you pay for the last two wars, by the way. Uh, really, uh, stagnant wages and just, again, substance wages, etc. for a long time. And then a Cold War to terrify you. Oh, you're getting nuked now. You'd obey us now. If they hadn't had that, you know, folk would have just almost like wandered off of government, just wandered away somewhere because government was such a joke to them. It really was. With old, old systems, it didn't make any sense anymore. It really didn't. Like Quigley said, he said it didn't matter what party you voted for, they'd both push the same things at election time. So what's the difference, you see? We've come to that stage long, long ago and, and passed it, in fact. It's such a joke. And Tony Blair for the Labour Party, and there's much more of him than meets the eye, of course, but he, he was more of a warmonger than anybody, any conservative guy, for a long, long time. But, and then you have to realise what was really behind Tony Blair and his ideals and who, who trained them and, world, again, world socialism. World socialism is, is not for working people. <laughs> is to manage working people on behalf of those who rule the world and, and own it, basically, as far as they're concerned. But again, bringing down the population, etc., etc., etc. So they went from that, and then as the Cold War was dying off, the, 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 even before that happened, in the 70s, you, you had the coming Ice Age. I'll, I'll mention a few of those things from articles, but the coming Ice Age, and, and uh, that never happened either. You know, and, and the top, uh, they churned out books the same, often by the same authors who gave you the coming frying pan age, you know, when they fry, uh, and so on. Because you, they must get you to give up your traditional rights and freedoms that you had, even though you had to really fight to try and hold any of them every year. This thing called democracy. Because democracy is a pain to those who have big plans. Because if people have rights, then you can't get your big plans rammed through. You see, they may object. So you do away with democracy under, under necessity huh? and efficiency. And, and they can get what they want at the top and conform society, train you, and you'll all happily get sterilized as you're growing up, you see. That's the system they want. Now, I'll, I'll bring a few of them up just to see if what track we're on here. Because, I, again, I, I prattle on too much when I start off. As always do. It's just never ending, isn't it? It's never ending. Now they're going to have climate strikes, right? Unified across the world and finance with the same leaders everywhere. Because you see, everything's everything is banked on using the climate for conformity and getting you to give up all your rights and freedoms to be guided and ruled by a new system. Understand that. Now, don't forget that China. The United Nations touted for years. And I've got some of the old, old articles from actual newspapers that I cut out years and years ago when they talked about China would be the model state for the world to follow and copy. Well, that didn't go away. So you got Boris Johnson, eh? The great new leader for Britain, eh? From the same camp as Theresa May, whether you know or not. And uh, running for, you know, the, the secret services of Britain supply you with these characters, for goodness sake. When you see that they've been before, and, and when they're in the city of London before, the actual city, then they're really in at the top, basically. So he's, he's going to unveil £1.2 billion for climate and endangered species. Well, eventually it's going to be all of us <laughs> that are endangered, you know. Because they plan to bring down your and get rid of your food supply, folks. That's what the whole vegan idea is about and the anti-farming idea. This is what's behind it. Stop the emotive things that they get you going with until you fall right into it. And think of the big agenda. Back to Malthus. What was the problem with folk? Well, if they could eat, they're going to live and they're going to procreate. Well, reduce what they eat. Make it scarcer. And guess what happens? The same problems that happened before with famines and all the rest of it, folks, eh? The wealthy will always eat. 
the wealthy had no rationing problem during World War Two. Like the poor peasants, they were fine. It did, you know. And then you have this one too. U.S. religious leaders issue religious declaration of unprecedented human emergency. And uh, so they've got Mullen Britain on board with it too, and that doesn't surprise me at all. And remember what Bernays said, Edward Bernays, who helped to put it, actually get uh, the U.S. into World War One, and they put, he put a book out with some of his co-conspirators afterwards. They were paid. They were paid to try to get a way to get Americans to go along with World War One, and they got in for the last year or so of the war. And then they boasted about it. They put a book out to boast how they did it. Because uh, Bernays was uh, uh, one of the, with the early um, marketers, marketing strategy, kind of like Theresa May, for you who don't know it, that's her, her expertise is in convincing people to do things and accept things that perhaps they shouldn't. And she's actually, belong, she actually belongs to the livery association of, uh, it's, it's, like a, it's like a Masonic group in the city of London for, for marketers. She's the, the head of it. Uh, anyway, that's a by-the-by thing. So anyway... Here you have Bernays, which he said, he says, don't, don't try to get, go to door to door to get folks, folks to sign things and to create something new. Go for existing organizations, go to the top, even churches, he says, and see them get their flock to follow them and on a particular thing. And that's what they do. So I'm not surprised all the big ones are on board with it. And be, money will change hands, folks. Money will always change hands. So an unprecedented human emergency, you see? As I'm, you know, she's shoveling snow like every day off my roof last winter. My my six more seven seven month winter, <laughs> and it says, uh, so faith pledges push for global fossil fuel divestments over eleven trillion. Everything that's transported is transported uh, using generally diesel, either trucks or, or by train. Fossil fuel divestments over eleven trillion dollars, right? Guess what's going to happen? Is you pay, 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 and everything goes up and up and up. You see, that's what they said. They'd have to bring in a world of austerity. I gave the talks not years ago on austerity, the coming austerity, and the big boys talked about it, and gals too. So as, as they price everything out of existence, everything goes up, and you have less and less money to spend for basic essentials, and basic essentials go up and up because they're all transported to you. Remember that technocracy Inc. That they tried way back years, many years ago. The idea is everything revolves around energy, food, money. It's a, it buys energy, huh? and so on. And that's how you control folks. Well, here you are, folks, in your credit system. Eh? Fear, 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 and then indoctrinate the young as they always do. And I always talk about the Nazis indoctrinating for Hitler Youth, but Hitler got it from from the, the young Communist League. Uh, who, because they, they had their uniforms too, like Boy Scouts in the Soviet Union. They always go for the young in totalitarian regimes. An article that doesn't feel just justifiable that couples not having children because of climate change, it says. Eh? It's now a growing trend for young couples to abandon plans for a family because of the climate crisis. Now, the member of, maybe two or three years ago, I read an article where a couple committed suicide because they, 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 oh, the, the, the latest thing was going to be desertification across the world, all living in sand and no water and everything's dead, eh? I'll never, you know, start, this is the big agenda. And when they signed on at the United Nations, there was a big agreement, and it's pretty well secretive, obviously, it's secretive because they used all the techniques for depopulation on, as I say, the advanced countries first. They didn't have the massive populations. In a global society that is dominated by the few at the top, from all groups and all races, but a, but a few regardless, then they'd have to have a unified policy for a, a conformist society across the world, you see. And so it's, it's to be pushed across every, every country now, you see. And that's why they're, they're flooding the, the, the countries that already were depopulating big time. So much so, they weren't even coming up to sustainable levels of population. That was the excuse for bringing lots of migrants in. And then they used, uh, again, wars to terrify folk, frighten them out of where they were, or, or force them out, actually. And, and then bring up the populations. Then point to everybody, oh, there's too many of you, see? <laughs> you can't win. You can't win. Nobody can win here. Except those who plan it all, folks. 
Because if you were so good, um, you, you, they would point to your countries as a model and say, well, look, look, this country's gone. You've got a tiny, small population and just enough to support themselves, etc. Well, yeah, but there's not enough to pay off the national debt. That's what, the, that's what Margaret Thatcher said. <laughs> Can't win. Another one, too, is this article. Sterilization. I've talked about this for years because... You have all kinds of estrogens, artificial estrogens, or xenoestrogens and phytoestrogens and so on. It's astonishing, really, um, how many types of estrogens are out there. Mycoestrogens, they're they're part of the xerolenon group of of estrogens too. But anyway, they can affect, they can really affect male and female. Uh, Infertility in the West is not by accident, folks. And yet it's just like... It would be crisis proportions if it wasn't manufactured and made to be this way because those who rule are always studying you and they tell you what to be terrified about and what's a crisis and what isn't a crisis, etc. They even make up crises once in a while. But there's no crisis about you going infertile, isn't it? Isn't that a bit odd, do you think? Eh? They talk about the different kind. There's also fungi, by the way. See? There's fungi. Now, the stacks of, of fungus infections across the, the surface now, big time. Uh, and I've read it in the farming industry in the States. They're blaming all kinds of things for it. But regardless, we've also got it in a strip from runs from North Bay up where I am, right through to, to Manitoulin. And it's, it's, it broke out a few years ago. It's pretty deadly, actually, uh, generally. And then you go into uh, what's been getting sprayed and sprayed through geoengineering. And by the way, look up Harvard. If you just look up the surveys at Harvard, and then there's different ones on YouTube from professors from Harvard talking about it. They've all got shares in, this, in the different methods of geoengineering and climate change control and all that stuff. So it's, it's not a conspiracy theory, folks. It's been done. But the stuff that is spreading on and spraying us for years now it's coming off different things and different organisms that keep fungus in check on the surface. Just just like now, I think it was Monsanto when it was on the go before it got sold or incorporated into another organization. They brought a patent out to grow plants and soil that was heavy with uh, aluminum, basically. So they've got aluminum-resistant ones, you know, genes for plants. So it just happened to make that. You, know, you understand that they didn't have that need it before, but you need it now. Maybe. <laughs> Never mind all the different arcs, as they call them, where they store uh, real n- normal seeds in these vaults where you can have access to them, heavily guarded too, to start the world afresh for, for those who survive, meaning those who probably bring it all on. You've got to start waking up and thinking, these people aren't sitting just having chatty clubs. They use your tax money to prepare, prepare, prepare for everything for themselves including underground bunkers, as we well know, for cold wars and plagues and everything else. Now, then you go on to plastic and drinking water. They've been pushing that for years. I did talks for years ago on, on the different problems with the phthalates and so on. And it was all recorded data stuff coming out of uh, really good uh, authorised investigations and authorities and so on. And they knew what it was doing to the public. And, and again, it changes you. It <laughs> engineer you as well because... Because um, men shouldn't have such high doses of, of estrogen mimickers. They, they trick the body and, and so it behaves the same way as, as pure estrogen. You know? And in veganism, they've got high doses in, in it naturally because they're eating anything with seeds in it is a type of phytoestrogen, really a plant estrogen, dried estrogen. So anyway, plastic and drinking water, what are the risks to human health, right? And... You've got plastic microparticles finding their way into the drinking water. Uh, they've done an amazing study, and I was surprised they even published it. And I think it was done in Canada. There was one done in, in, in uh, Cardiff as well, in Wales. I suppose it's Wales, because there's different places called Cardiff too. There's even different Ontarios, by the way. You know? Anyway, it's, it's got uh, the plastic microparticles, and they're microparticles, see? Eh? In the drinking water, they knew of uh, tiny pieces of plastic and how they find their way into seawater, etc., etc. But uh, how considerable should we be? The study was carried out by university academics, but was commissioned and published by a media company rather than being re- reviewed by other researchers in a scientific journal. It means that we need more research and so on. However, 
it's in the drinking water. Now, this is not the main thing here. This one is an official one that was done. The increasing presence of micro and nano-sized plastics in the environment and food chain is a growing concern. Although mindful of consumers are promoting the reduction of single-use plastics, some manufacturers are creating new plastic packaging to replace traditional paper uses, such as plastic tea bags. Have you seen that stuff too for the coffee? You know, they come in these little things and they put them through their, the, the, the coffee maker and uh, they're, that they're containing a plastic thing too, eh? And we've got plastic tea bags. For those who didn't know, that a lot, for a long time now, they've had a type of plastic type uh, fibre that they make up, looks like paper, but it's in your tea as well. Anyway, this study goes through the amount of it. It's just, a, it's just terrifying when you see it. And you wonder why folk are, are losing, are changing shape and everything, including men, but women too, with too much of certain things as well. But what else is doing to you too, of course, naturally? And I'm sure it'll give you infertility problems as well. And then you get certain drugs that, that became awfully popular with, when they changed the, the, the food, the, the, the vegetables, to the, the modified variety, modified genes and so on, or modified genes, and, and they put patents on them and so on. But then they used their own pesticides and so on. Suddenly in the pharmacies you saw whole areas to do with uh, proton pump inhibitor types, which literally, you stop making so much gastric acid to cope basically whatever the problem is what you're eating. And that became awfully popular. No fuss about it. It just suddenly all appeared. It used to be prescription only, and suddenly you just buy them over the counter. And, and this is how things are done. Anyway, with the last couple of years, I think, I think um, the U.S. signed an agreement with the pharma companies that they could use substitute chemicals for certain parts of the, of the medications. They, they claim they might do the same stuff. Well, I don't know if it's got anything to do with that or not, but anyway, there's now a cancer worry. The generic Zantac, it is called, or ranitidine. And so they've had recalls at Walgreens, Walmart, and Rite Aid. What you need to know. So, so, so the generic ones, at least, at the very least, have something else in them that's... And don't, they, they won't just pull stuff for nothing when it comes to pharma, believe you me. They'll, they'll try to hide things for years and years and years. Again, plastic and drinking water, what are the risks to human health? I'll put that one up. And then there's the, the microestrogen as well. You can find that on Wikipedia and other articles too from, from science uh, lines. And then you have plastic pollution is in your tea, of course, from the Daily Mail. And I'll put that up too. It just goes on and on and on. It's endless, folks. And you think it's just coincidence, right? And then plastic tea bags release billions of microparticles and, and nanoparticles into tea. Nanoparticles are awfully important these days, as you well know, with the 5G in different areas. And then you have tens of thousands of 5G telecommunication satellites escalating tensions in a contested and congested space environment. Now, think back to what I mentioned about the... the, the, the Brzezinski's you know, technotronic era and the weapon they could use to, to you know, make you happy, content or angry or whatever you know, just by waves across you know, the continents and then there aren't the 5G's and it's all around you now and much much more powerful too I'll put a few articles on that too 5G will be used phased array and that's what they use also, phased array antennas <laughs> The term actually came from the harp, the, the uh, phased array antennas, right? So they'll be used phased array antennas to shoot beams of radiation at cell phones, it says, from the satellites. That's really powerful stuff, folks. You, you know, I really don't like this at all. And then researchers developed low-power, low-cost network for 5G connectivity. Oh, wow. A millimeter wave network for billions of things. You remember what frequency this is in here. You're kind of in the microwave frequency. Hmm? And most folk are being trained first to, to the things to get used, then they, then they up to the 5G once you're used to it. That's how we adapt so fast, you see. And then health fears prompt uh, Swiss 5G revolt. Some countries, Swiss is, the Swiss are awfully way ahead of everybody else when it comes to health. And, and uh, some other countries in Europe too, Denmark too, I think, and Holland. Although Holland definitely have, they have compensation to folk who, who feel that they're damaged by the Wi-Fi that's everywhere. And the, the, the state will come in and, and uh, fix up their homes to make it as, as, as Wi-Fi proof as possible. But here in the West, oh no, everyone's happy, happy. It's great stuff. Oh my God, look at all the benefits we'll get from it. Yeah, yeah.
This article is Nanobot's Neural Dust and Smart Dust, often depicted as many metallic spaceships in science fiction. Most of today's nanobots are actually created from algae, bacteria, DNA, and other organisms already occurring in nature. However, they've altered them, as you well know. Scientists and engineers discovered long ago that piggybacking on nature by controlling a biological organism is easier than building one from scratch. Think about humans, eh? With the same dexterity, it says. So, this article goes on and on and on. It says, Magneto-aerotactic bacteria nanobots, new uh, nanorobotic agents capable of navigating through the bloodstream to administer a drug. See, there's your plus. They always sell things as positive, don't they, when they're selling it to you? With precision by specifically targeting the active cancerous cells of tumours. They always give you, oh, this is how great it's going to be, because you're all terrified of getting tumours, right? I wonder why you're getting the tumours in the first place. These legions of nano-robotic uh, agents were actually composed of more than 100 million flagellated bacteria. Imagine flagellating the poor bacteria, eh? and therefore self-propelled and loaded with drugs that are moved by taking the most direct path between the drug's injection point and the area of the body to cure, it says. Then they go into algae-based nanobots and DNA-based uh, nanobots. You don't really want to have your DNA changed, folks, by some, by folk who know what they're doing, and but they give you a, a PR a spiel to make you accept it. Bio-based uh, solutions represent a bulk of the nanotech in this category, and scientists believe that these types of bots could eventually be programmed with as much detailed as full-sized mechanized robots. And then Smart Dust, from this is from Forbes. If Smart Dust is coming, are you ready? So wireless devices, they say, are going to be as small as a grain of salt. Actually smaller, look at that. And uh, they have sensors, cameras, and communication mechanisms to transmit data. Yeah. How wonderful, eh? And they're going to spray it. They're spraying it all over you, above you, and all the rest of it, without your permission. See, you don't matter. You're, you're already getting taught how wonderful it will be for you, see? Do you realize that, do you really think that different companies just, just spontaneously decide to do all this across the world? Do you really think that it's just a, a, a kind of happening, as the hippies used to call it, a big party? It's just a happening, you know? It, it takes massive years and years of coordination by select committees to work on all this stuff together across the world, including all the psychological and behavioral experts too. Panels and panels that have been hired, lived their lives and retired and new ones and to get to this stage of it. And, and, but you're just hearing about it now, eh? And then now it says, uh, powered by Northrop Grumman. Intersection of Technology, Innovation, and Creativity. MEMS, M-E-M-S, and Smart Dust, the big potential of a tiny future. Oh, how, how clever. How much did that cost the PR company to come up with that little jingle, eh? And then how Smart Dust could spy on your brain. I'll put up two of these articles. This is not scary. I'm not putting this out to terrify the folk. I'm putting out the stuff that's real and it's happening. But you're told that it's just wonderful. Just like they try to sell you a utopia of a conformist world society, all run somehow by some magicians, uh, invisible magicians. You don't have to even have politicians. Rush, look, look, at, look at totalitarian systems. They generally don't even know who, who rules their little area. Or maybe a commissar, they might know that. But in the wireless system where you're forced into the whole darn system for everything, right? You won't know. Who's in charge of anything? There'd be no names given. You, you, you just exist for, for uh, the system. That's a, that's a kind of sci, sci-fi thing. You'll exist for the system. That's your purpose. The system. What's the history of it? They won't give it to you. Who runs it? They won't give it to you. Just exist and be good. And here's the good. Here's how to be good. And if you look into the, the Chinese credit system, which I say is this, it's already here. And this is what all this, this, this the, the, the stuff about hate was about, how they're pushing it across the, the internet, the hate idea, is, is to get something in there that, that you'll agree with so that they can then expand it into everything else to make you conform to every other opinion that's authorized but that you must accept. Do you understand how, how these are all tactics of behaviorists? Stop falling in to, 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 the, to the, the little game where you actually, you'll immediately jump on the side of this or that. And, and sit back and watch it and look at it and see who's doing this and why are they doing it. 
Who benefits? And what or, what organizations and what laws are they trying to push already to make it to make y'all to conform to? Who wants this to happen? As I say, who wants you to go totally vegan? Think back to, to Malthus. Think of all the folk in the Darwin movements and the eugenics movement who, who spelled out plainly. There's, I'm not speaking off the top of my hat here. Uh, they're quite vocal about it all. They still are very vocal. There's too many of you. And you're all, even, even though the, literally uh, the, the Western countries are plummeting and have been for many, many years, not having. Don't forget that again. It was it was the so-called um, advanced countries who were first given the pill <laughs> as an example, and then and massive publicity for them to take the pill, take the pill. They weren't pushing the same thing across what they called third world countries then, and were they? You understand? Because it's a, it's a global society and now. They will hit everybody else. You see, and as they come on to and eat the same things and everything has been altered, etc., etc. They hope to bring down the population of the planet. Uh, and to, uh, really, again, think of the Georgia Guidestones. That, that's not some little statue put up by some local library group or something. Uh, this, this is uh, something that, that's very explicit in what, what a group wants to happen in the world. And you will get uh, good social credit points if you do get sterilized. I guarantee you that's, that's coming. No doubt about it. And anyone who, who says anything is to be judged by, again, through the society, not, not a court or anything else, on what you may or may not have said, even if you, you didn't even say it, because you can put anything together in this day and age, can't you? With, even the CIA admitted that now, <laughs> that there's programs out there that, that it's, it's just flawless and what they can make you have, to have said. So you, you have to really look at everything and... And who benefits? It's an old agenda. The coming ice age. Of all the articles, all the big newspapers harped on, harped on for years in the sixties and seventies, and the books that were churned out, and right back to, as I say, with where it ends up going. It's quite something. I'll put these articles up. That's all the time I really have to do things. Remember, too, you can help me take along by donating to me at cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. And as I keep stressing, you have to remember. Uh, that anything uh, uh, that, that's put up there that's not my website isn't mine. Uh, so if you want to buy the books and discs, you have to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and see how to do it and make a list of the, the, the sites that are mine, you know. Uh, there are folk who put up stuff from mine, which is fine, but they don't ask for money because you can't resell. There's a lot of good folks out there too, but you have to always be so careful in this day and age because there's so many legalities out there now. And as I say, the social credit system is here. And uh, you'd be surprised at what I could tell you is how it happens here. Uh, 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 really. <laughs> if you say what is uh, real, and you can get through to people by using the facts and giving them articles or books or whatever that they can go and, and, and actually, in studies that they can go and and look up themselves and verify it, you can be a danger to the system. And all kinds of nasty tricks can be used upon you, which makes you a bit paranoid at times, and you've got to be a bit paranoid at times, because uh, horrible things can happen. And, and you get warnings. I do get warnings here and there to shut up, literally. And I don't push politics, as you know, because I, I really don't believe there's anybody to vote for. I really don't. And uh, politicians are not the nicest of people. They're, they're awfully pleasant, and they're nice that way, because psychopaths are pleasant with smiles and that, but they don't mean what... They're, they're quite content to further their nest and elevate themselves. That's why they go into it. It's rather sad. As I say, this big global agenda, I've watched it my whole life pretty well. Unfurling, as it was written long before even then, by organizations and groups that were given the power to create new cultures, literally by presidents and prime ministers signing agreements through the UN and so on, and forming groups to make it all happen, to implement it through the educational systems and, and so on. It's not, it's not conspiracy theory, folks, when you can actually show that the, the various groups, and you can look up the groups too, a lot of them, why they started. 
how did they start? And again, don't just take the, the initial search on the internet. Go much deeper to find out the sources. It's just astonishing. The memory hole is here with the internet, you know. It's just too easy now, isn't it? Now that they've eliminated so many books across libraries across the world, the Western world especially, and dumped them. They called it weeding programs, eh? international weeding programs. Uh, and then, oh, don't worry, it'll all be on, on, uh, it'll be on uh, microfilm. We can't get a microfilm now. Uh, and then oh, it'll all be on, on an internet eventually, on libraries. And, and they're, they're demolishing a lot of stuff now too. You're in a conformist mode, if you, whether you like it or not. You've been given sides to join on so many different topics. Uh, without thinking who's benefiting and who who wants this and who wrote about it long time. Look at the books. Look at the books, folks. And remember that the people who've been pushing this for years are dying off. A lot of them have died already, or they're disabled or incapacitated. And when it's all gone, there's nothing to give you a different version of what, what they'll give you as history. History is what you live through, especially in your own life. For myself, Alan Watchman, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your God's school with you. <laughs>